everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with one of the first people I met in the scene and a guy that's been very influential in the Vancouver popping scene, Jameson de Guzman. Jameson and his crew, the Groovy G's, are in part responsible for helping build the popping scene in Vancouver, which was almost non-existent when they started. There were some poppers, but no real community or, or scene. Always great catching up with him and his smooth, calming voice. We talk about the early days of the Vancouver popping scene, the formation of his crew, Groovy G's, learning from the EBs, the Electric Boogaloos, his dance company and its focus on teaching the joy of dancing instead of just industry things, what we feel makes a good teacher, and more. Hope you enjoy the talk. Peace. Okay, we're here with my good friend Jameson from What's up, the everybody? Groovy Gentleman, hey. Groovy G Dance Club. Uh, Jameson's hey. an old friend from, I don't know, over... Almost twenty years now, man. I think we <laughs> met at least fifteen. In like, I'm, I think we met in like two thousand four, two thousand four. Jeez, yeah. UBC or Robson Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah summer. Well, that's right. I met you after the other Groovy G's. Yeah, I, you I had just come Japan. back. I had just come back from Japan. We met in like July or August, and then we started the UBC. Hip Hop and Funk Styles Club that September, two thousand four. Yeah, Damn, that's some. Yeah. Those were some wild times. Those times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have pictures knowing. from those times. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Yeah. With like Nikun. not knowing what we were doing at all, <laughs> just but just trying stuff and. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, um, that's how it is, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> still, I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Just gonna adjust you right now. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for anyone who maybe doesn't know who you are, do you mind doing a little intro or a little history, brief history of you yourself? Yeah, man, I'm I'm so bad at this part. Just doesn't uh, matter. Whatever it is, it is. It I is. tend to go on and on and on, so I'm gonna try and keep it like super short. Like we got uh, time. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But still, don't you know, don't want to have everyone like fall asleep or. Anyway, so <laughs> I hope you're engaged. Um, basically, I got addicted to street dance. Like when I found out the video game I was playing, uh, I was playing this video game called Bust a Groove, and I loved this character named Hiro, and I'd always copy his moves. And then one day, I found out I found a video clip, like a really short video clip of Japanese dancers doing the exact same dance and that blew my mind that this was a real dance like I thought this was a dance made specifically for the video game right and then that made me like try to find out what that was called and that search like took a long time maybe I in my head it's like six months you know oh, really? I finally found I found a clip of the same movement and 
it was a clip of Skeeter Rabbit and Sugar Pop, like a bunch of like 10 second clips. And I think Sugar Pop is doing, he's doing this, right? And at the end he goes, he goes, this is locking. So that was kind of like, oh my God, it's called locking. So I found all these like, that was kind of like the entry gate, mm-hmm. you know, into finding out more about these dances. And I ordered a VHS video called Skeeter Rabbit's Locking. 50% off if you order two or more videos. So I ordered a random one called Popping Pete's Popping Basics. I didn't know what popping was. And yeah, that was really my beginning. And then I was able to meet Popping Pete like uh, 10 months into, you know, maybe maybe about a year into learning. And from then on, I just kept going to learn from the Electric Boogaloo's from like 2003 every summer 2003 to like 2010 I would learn from them for like a week or two in Calgary um, and then you know me and some of the guys in my crew like they'd go too and we'd bring it back and we'd practice in my garage we'd practice at Robson Square you know for a year like what we learned in those two weeks and then we'd go back and repeat you know Mm-hmm. And I'd say that's where, that's where I was born in this dance. Right yeah. on. Uh, what was it that made you want to do popping and over locking? Because you said you got those two videos, right? Yeah, I. You know, when I first put in that, the locking tape, I saw like, man, this is it. Like, this is what I've been searching for, mm-hmm. and I was so into it. And I, I pop, I put it. I don't, I don't want to say I popped in that tape. I put in the the popping tape and I wa- I didn't I had no idea what it was like I mean I've watched like breaking and stuff and but I didn't know it was called popping anyways I saw Pete like doing kind of like this stuff and I was trying it and I you know I couldn't do it and I I thought it was really boring like I thought it was kind of <laughs> I thought it was really boring I'm like okay I'm gonna go back to locking but I think you know also know like I've i think all my life like you know i've been dancing you know at at my you know at house parties and stuff and not house parties like you know like teenager parties i mean like family parties you know Mm -hmm. with my parents and stuff but not really studying dance right so i'm a super 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 beginner super beginner like i know nothing and so when i got i think it was like four or five months into locking i got really stuck like i wasn't improving so i I put in that tape again, the popping tape, and I can kind of do it now, like oh, with my right hand. I was like, oh, like cool, and that became like really fascinating to me. And since I wasn't really feeling locking at that time, I started practicing popping, mm-hmm. and I'd always it became a thing. Like whenever I was stuck in one style, I would jump to the next style, and I found that that barrier that was there before was was gone you know and i can improve a bit more and i keep jumping back and forth but i think because um i was learning so much from going to the calgary camps uh there was locking there too like sugar pop was teaching locking but i just the barrier for locking i just plateaued Mm. and popping i was just like you know i kept leveling up yeah, yeah, yeah and you know, uh, that was around 2004, 2005 was around the time, like, I think was the golden time of, like, 
uh, boogaloo style, like electric boogaloo style, like Wiggles was didn't have his leg injured yet. Oh, you yeah. know, he was like a monster, and you know, Sugar Pop was really under starting to understand uh, like this electric boogaloo style. You know, no, because he's a student of um, uh, Pete, so he was also like learning. But you know, just on a much higher level, right, so right. he was like un- discovering stuff and like sharing with us, you know, what that was. And then we also met Boogaloo Sam in two thousand four, two thousand five. So there was a lot of those things that there was just so much like, you know, stuff to learn mm-hmm. at that time in popping. And I think from then on, I just kind of like went that way. And locking takes a lot of energy, <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know, I hate to admit it, but I think I was also kind of lazy. Yeah. So popping, yeah. you know, popping's not you. You can't be lazy in popping either, right? For sure, but you it's know, we make kind that of joke. Energy, I guess we make that joke with like, uh, like breakers. Like we always say, like you know, when because you know, breaking like there's a there's almost like an age limit, in a sense, in terms of like doing like. The really really powerful stuff, right? Right, right. So we'd always joke. I always joke with G from uh, Now or Never Crew. I would say, I would always say, you know, when you retire from breaking, you always come to popping. It's because, <laughs> it was like the joke is like a well, popping. It's like the retirement dance, you know, because you can do it till you're like eighty, and you know. But anyways, yeah, yeah, it's kind of true, a little bit. <laughs> or it's just like I don't know. Maybe it's like easier on your joints and stuff. In some sense. Yeah, there's more like illusion. Like you can play into like the illusion of, of the movement, and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Don't yeah, I remember spin on my back. <laughs> Why well, even like? Because uh, I'm getting a little older, so I'm starting to feel some stuff, especially in my knees, doing all this all right. stuff and yeah, like yeah, yeah. squatting and stuff. But yeah. you know, you work with what you can do and that kind of thing, and th- your style will change and stuff. But uh i remember i think it was when wiggles came you actually invited him to to teach your your dance company dance group oh yeah 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 Ruby G dance and, club uh i think someone asked him about injuries and he was like yeah actually like my my knee injury or yeah my knee injury was actually caused by uh he was doing like rocking or something like that yeah, top, he was some doing top a, rock step he, he was doing an indian step yeah and it was like he did yeah. some like jerk or something like that just some movement mm-hmm. and that was the thing that injured his knee yeah and not popping and yeah so i was thinking yeah. like oh even if i try and do like the safe parts of breaking like top rock or or you yeah know, some basic footwork i might still <laughs> mess up my knee or whatever right I think I think the like more background into that what happened because I remember when that happened I was so I stopped doing ground moves because mm. I thought it was from popping the yeah, legs and I thought too. it was from because he was crazy on the ground right so I yeah. thought oh that must be it but he said that he was trying to bulk up like uh, you know muscle wise like build wise mm. and he had done he was working on his legs that day and. Uh, so he was already tired hmm. and he was at the club you know he had a drink or two yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You I know, remember his body that. just kind of lost control like he he just kind of rolled on his ankle or on the side of his foot and like yeah. that was that yeah. but it was it was just like a simple like 
step you know yeah. it wasn't like he was getting into something crazy he was just yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he was just vibing out so maybe happens. maybe the moral of the story here is don't drink and dance <laughs> or yeah or like or, don't work out or anything yeah don't work out yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's, that's the moral. yeah don't work out and drink and dance when you're tired yeah i guess <laughs> I but anyway long moral um yeah, yeah. so that was kind of like your your entry into dance and how you got into popping and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, how did the the groovy G's sort of start? Like your that mm. this this whole group because there, as far as I know, there you guys were sort of you're not you weren't the first poppers in mm-hmm. Vancouver, but you were the first no. kind of like or the first real like group and doing that sort of more traditional style i guess or something you can correct me if i'm wrong yeah yeah um definitely we were not the first mm-hmm. uh, there were guys um, we were looking for that we've heard of we heard of when we started uh people like uh, dados mm-hmm. uh he's in contents under pressure he was yeah. the pop he was like one of the crew. first dancers i saw too yeah and there was people there was a guy named harge Okay, he used to teach at Harbor Dance Center. I forgot what crew he was from, but these are all guys like they were doing it in the nineties, the mid nineties, late nineties in in Vancouver. Mm. Um, so definitely we were not the first, but it just so happened like the timing of when we started, like I started uh, around like two thousand two, two thousand three. You know, um, all those guys like stopped dancing, mm. or they were on the verge of like transitioning. So Dados, uh, I met him later. Like I asked him, you know, where'd you go? I was looking for you for like 11 years. He's like, <laughs> oh, I got a family and, right. you know, so I kind of stopped dancing and, you know, people around me weren't really dancing anymore. You know, everybody got older. Mm-hmm. And then Harge, uh, who I just caught like one class at Harbor Dance Center. Like I heard there was a popper there. So I went there and, uh, you know, I, I remember after his class, I didn't take his class. So I caught the end of it. And he said that, uh, you know, people aren't really interested in like, they see it, but they're not really t- willing to like dive deep mm. and learn, you know, go through like doing this like every day to get like a pop, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's very like surface. So and he was he became a, he was on the verge of like becoming a hairstylist. So he put all his efforts into like his career. Mm-hmm. So. Then there was us, who again, we, we have no experience in dancing. Um, we just wanted to, when I say we, it was me, uh, my cousin, Chen or Jonathan, and Trevor, who I met at a rave and like uh, online. I met him online first, randomly. Anyways, that's a totally like different yeah, we'll get into story. That <laughs> Man, that, that will be like a three hour story. <laughs> and... Um, we loved this dance so much and we would try to find anyone anyone like in vancouver like who knew more than us because not not saying like we knew we want to see like how much we knew we want to learn from these people but we couldn't find anyone who knew what we were doing you know you know you get the obvious you know the typical like oh that's like that break break dancing right Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff so our goal became like 
okay well if nobody knows about this dance then we have to like find the people who are interested and get and teach them what we know mm. you know this is the it seems like at that time that was the only way we can get more people to dance with us or mm. you know right right so basically that's our crew you know like one by one like we found people uh we found i feel like we're like picking people up off the streets like we picked up johnny like from a rave you know he saw trevor trevor gave him a light show and he's like you guys should you guys you guys should do shows in chinatown that was his he kept saying that over and over again <laughs> which led us you know to our first show actually but back then you know we were shy no dance experience or like you know us like do a show like right right impossible like you know like impossible <laughs> man like <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then um hector you know he we met him man hector we were doing a show our first show was actually supposed to be at chen's high school uh, which was uh, damn was it Burnaby South Burnaby South and uh, we were gonna do it with the breakers of that school mm-hmm. and one of those guys is Lorenzo I remember and so some of the breakers came to my garage and they brought Hector you know so is this kind of like organic yes. yeah organic thing it wasn't like you know we we had picked people it was just yeah, like yeah. and Hector you know he stuck around he started coming to the garage and he was doing like a lot of tutting and like uh, liquid mm-hmm. liquid stuff and we ended up doing a show at his his high school first you know and then we we were so scared <laughs> we were so scared but at that time we also met a guy his name was Tal Tal Ioza mm-hmm. um and he was a uh, like kind of like in the choreography scene or the studio scene you know we have no connection to the studios at this time mm-hmm. and he you know he kind he really like helped us actually he he supported us so hard like he'd always come to the garage when we were making the routine and he tells like man you guys are like you guys can do it we entered the show we entered the contest and we got first place but we didn't follow the rules like there was like a 3 minute time limit oh, but we did 7 minutes <laughs> because we the reason being we didn't think we would win at all like we you know so we were just doing it for the experience right so we're like like who cares about the time limit like let's just get experience on the on the stage and you know performing mm-hmm. well, we got first place we because of that deduction we got second place right but we were still like oh my god we got a trophy and stuff yeah yeah and um that played a huge part that experience because when we started the UBC hip hop and funk styles club like um being able to one of the things we needed to do in order to we found to build the scene which was again like finding people to dance with us was we needed to put ourselves out there you know so that experience uh i think really played a role like looking back at it now and am i am i going off on a tangent i don't know where Maybe, i'm going now. just keep going. yeah don't think about it <laughs> okay okay i won't think about it dean um yeah we so we started you know 
gathering more and more people at my garage. I think at one point we had like 12 people practicing. And this was like, you know, in my mind, this is like every day. You know, we were like mostly in high school or university or, you know, we were like, most of the guys were like late teens. I mm-hmm. was like 21 or mm-hmm. 21. And so we had a lot of time on our hands, actually, when I think about it. And it was a simple like phone call, mm-hmm. like, you know, not not messenger or ICQ yeah, yeah, yeah. even. It's just like a phone call like, hey, want to practice? And you know, people would be like, all right uh when okay 30 minutes okay and then i'll call i'll call trevor you know yeah call trevor and then you know eight guys are in the garage in 30 minutes you know <laughs> you know how hard that is now you know being older like how yeah. to organize like a gathering right so i now i when i look at it, i'm like man i really appreciate that those mo- those times it was like so innocent and like, yeah so like we love we were so addicted like we would drop everything just to like start practicing or watch right. like VHS tapes together. When mm-hmm. we had a new tape, like a, I remember the new taco tape came out. Like I didn't even open it yet. It was like an un, like unboxing. I call all the guys and we go and we like open the the package. Right, right. And we all watch it and like to the point where like we're fall. I fell asleep like on the couch. We'd like watch it so many times like over and over again. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Does that answer? The, the yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. That's like a good. I can't even remember. I think I was asking you how the group came together. Yeah. So, so that yeah, that's perfect. Um, okay, I I can keep going with that then. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so it they came to a point where it's like, okay, we have no, we need. The other part of it was, um, the breaking scene in Vancouver. You know, there were at that time when we started. There was a lot going on with breaking, mm-hmm. you know, breaking related stuff, jams and uh, practice sessions. And we, I think that was a driving force to like, you know, we we went to practice like at Collingwood or Bonzer, uh, even at Burnaby South at like 6.30 a.m. You know, that was, man, who, why would we do that? <laughs> but um you know at first when we started we were like the only poppers at that time and a lot of the b-boys like i don't know now if it was because partly because we were so shy like we'd get looks you know you know those like kind of like mean stares and stuff like who are these poppers you know like why are they here to the point where i remember like we were in collingwood and literally me and trevor we're practicing like facing the corner of the, we were at the corner of the gym and facing the corner like you know as like as if we got in trouble at school and we we're wearing like the dunce caps and stuff <laughs> you know we were so like scared and um so we had to like create our own thing yeah you know something where you know there was no there was no uh popping contests or anything like like mm-hmm. battles there popping was always like an intermission kind yeah. of event or like i remember maybe it was like a little bit before when i started but and in a bit when i started it was like you'd have the breaking thing 
but every yeah. crew would have like their token popper yeah the one they popper. would go out but it was always to break yeah. in music and it was like yeah they oh all right time for the poppers to do their thing and they they yeah do whatever that but, was yeah. really like the 90s yeah the yeah. 90s generation like style right mm-hmm. yeah i remember nick chow and uh trent they battled it out in uh <laughs> I forgot it was in Richmond. That might have been like my first battle ever. Oh really? With yeah, it was in a gym yeah, with Nick. Yeah, 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 and and Nick was wearing the the bandana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to wear like this this white visor too because he was like a hard. Oh uh, yeah, Mr. Wiggles. Like, Wiggles. Like, so many people were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a visor. I have a visor signed by Wiggles. <laughs> it got really dirty. but um (laughs) kind of going off of what you were saying of like building having to build the scene basically for yourselves because there was Mm -hmm. no one else to do it or whatever you had to go looking for people i remember who was it uh uh locking kwan yeah 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 and and the whole what is that the last one stands Mm -hmm. and i remember talk i forget who i was talking to but it was like i was asking about or they were talking about why they they brought these guests and stuff and it was like battle guests why it was important and stuff yeah it was like to elevate to basically allow the scene to have like high level people to battle yeah and uh in a way to build the scene but also to like challenge yourselves like okay well people can't always go to that jam or whatever so Mm -hmm. why not bring that person here and then they get that experience to to go against them and then also see them live in in person and whatever right right yeah last one you guys are always yeah doing doing things doing interesting things to like build the community or grow it and stuff i think that that was always such a a good thing that you guys were doing yeah i I don't know and again it goes back to just like we wanted more people to to dance with like that yeah. is truly the original yeah thing it wasn't like man okay we had like a blueprint and had this yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like, we're gonna like build a, you it's know, like a selfish yeah. selfish community <laughs> oriented thing yeah and and you got to when no one else knows what you're doing like you gotta be or no one else is like wanting what you want like mm-hmm. you gotta be selfish because yeah you know those other people can't really tell you how it's gonna work or mm-hmm. they don't really care because they don't want that mm-hmm. so it's like you just gotta go for what you want and yeah. then people around you who are who would also be interested they just don't know yeah you yeah. know i always said to trevor like man like I love this dance so much and if people only knew about this dance like yeah. they must like there has to be people that you know fall in love with this too like me mm-hmm. so that was really our our driving re- our reason mm-hmm. and um it just cut it just kept like getting bigger like we we're trying to reach out bigger and bigger and in the end like I don't know if that was like always a good thing right yeah but you know we so we threw our first event uh stand up stand up only i in my 
as far as I know, you know, it's the first stand-up only uh, dance event in Vancouver. It's called Funk at First Sight. Um, we had ten poppers enter, and we had a two-on-two like student battle. Like we separated our students, um, and that was at Collingwood, January two thousand seven. And you know, that's where we met Locking Quan. Oh, really? Yeah. So you know, we he came here. He came to Tokyo, um, not too recently, but you know, we always, we always like I always enjoy him telling the story of you know how he first heard of the Groovy G's, and actually like he saw a video of us and he was like, "Man, these guys are all right." <laughs> now who are these groovy G's? Like, let me see, let me see. And they found it. Like, he's like, they're all right. You know, so he went to the jam for himself or something, and he saw everybody get down. He's like, damn, like these guys, like you know, it's you got to hear him tell the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like all, I think all those like little, like building blocks, um, we got led to you know bigger and bigger things. Like last one stands. And uh, Vancouver Street Dance Festival. Yeah, that's right. You that's, know, I don't know if a like lot of Jesse people know and, Jesse and Boris. And Boris, yeah. And uh, we helped organize like the first one, one and one or two. Yeah, I think it was the first couple. Yeah, and so it's like, and there comes a point. You know, I think one of the things that always came up as our scene. You know, we started to have a scene in like two thousand. 2008 was like you know going back to like the separate the students battle separately mm-hmm. you know it's like are we babying our mm-hmm. our community too much right. you know we should just like let it be raw you know let them taste the feet let them like you know like those kinds <laughs> of things let them get smoked yeah get smoked and like things like you know other people start coming in with contributions and not all the not all of them were like in the same um what's that same direction as what we were you know aiming for so you know things got really complicated like really fast Mm -hmm. and uh, there came a point where it's like well we can just try and lay down the the base and Mm -hmm at some point we have to just let it go mm-hmm. and let it turn into it's like what it's supposed to turn into mm-hmm. you know what i mean you can only control so, it so much right yeah and we were doing this from like 2003 like onwards and it's like we were so busy organizing that actually we couldn't participate <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. in what we were building you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you know there came a point where it's like you know what like let's let things go and just you know be part of it you know mm. let's part try and participate or you know that kind of thing and when i say participate it's like even like things like um when we start organizing battles here like note that we also didn't have experience like entering some battles too so you know in a way like i was the same as my students 
but I couldn't really get that experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that really, that really played a part, like how I, with my battle experience and stuff. And when I look back, it's like, man, I wish I entered more battles, like when I first started, just to like get used to it, you know? Because mm -hmm. that was a hard transition. Yeah. And a lot of pressure too when uh, people are looking up to you and saying, like, oh man, like, you're so dope, you're the best, or whatever, you're the first in Vancouver, and those kinds of things. And then enter the battle. I'm like, I don't want to appear like I'm fake or something, you know? Right, right, right. Or not authentic. Yeah, or you, you feel pressure to like live up to these expectations. Exactly. Yeah. And I just wanted to be like, when I started like no one knew who I was and like I can just kind of like just free selfish. right yeah yeah, yeah. and that. make those mistakes so yeah yeah um totally get that yeah but, you know that's that's just a part of getting older I think and you just, I think so you just stop caring about oh people can think what they think and I'm gonna dance how I dance and right that's it <laughs> right i think our that plays a huge factor like how old we were and what we were trying to do yeah um with our community it's like man if we were like in our 30s and 40s and doing this it would mm -hmm. be really different mm -hmm. you know, maybe we wouldn't even do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows <laughs> we'd be so preoccupied yeah. with other stuff but like you know yeah. i think about uh you know there's there's that kind of aspect of the dance community of like of going and entering battles or judging things or doing all this whatever whatever teaching sharing knowledge yeah. and then there's the other side of like just these random not even random like just underground people who maybe they're more choosy about when they show themselves and when who they share with and this kind of thing so guys like like uh, what's his name frank book Frank Boogie, yeah. Frank Boogie. Frank Boogie. And like with Tony. Boogie Tony Bratz. Something. Yeah, yeah, Tony. But he, like all those guys, even within <clears throat> the breaking scene, like the other guys in that crew, maybe the most famous one is like Migas, but. Yeah. Uh, guys like Gadget, he still kind of, I don't know if he still does it, but there was a time where he was like still sharing with people and throwing down just kind of like sort of in secret or at these like club nights or whatever. And it was, mm -hmm. it was like, there's no footage of it at, at all. And he didn't do it to get footage or to smoke people or do this, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just cause he liked doing it. And like same thing with, with Frank, from what I understand, it's like, he just gets down in his garage or basement or whatever. Yeah. The brat, they call it the brat cave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The brat and like, cave. you know, that's the kind of mentality that like, it wouldn't matter if everyone stopped doing it in the mainstream or whatever if there was no money yeah. in it at all like they, they would mm -hmm. still do it in their free time yeah. yeah i i think we need those people yeah 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 <laughs> well i think there's a lot of people that even if they started out in in like the competition whatever scene and this isn't just breaking like mm -hmm. there's a really famous interview with like rodney mullen and he talks about the same kind of thing where yeah he did these competitions he won them and he he got like you know he did accomplish all these things that he wanted to do and then in the end like he realized like that's 
that stuff's nice, but it wasn't what kept him going. It wasn't what made him right want to like wake up and do it. It was the act of doing it and creating stuff and just having yeah. fun with it. And it's like you go back in a sense to being the how beginning. you were. Yeah, the beginning, right? And so yeah. it's just like how you. I don't know how you frame things, I guess, mm -hmm. and what your situation is like. If you have a good job and this other stuff, and you you can do that on the side and have fun, and it's just free and not associated with like, oh, I gotta, you know, judge this many things and teach this many workshops, otherwise I can't pay rent and this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but just yeah. like separates it from any sort of obligation. And then you can just be free. Right. Yeah. It's like doing That's it kind because. Of rant, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. Like yeah. doing it because you have to, like to make ends meet. Yeah. Versus like being able to just do it because you want to. Yeah. And the be you know. the best thing would be to have that happy middle ground where you're doing yeah. it and you love doing it. Yeah. You love sharing it and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that reminds me um, of a quote, like something Sugar Pop always said. He said a couple of times, it took me a while, like a few years to understand what he meant. And he's always said like the prize, like the reward of this dance is in the dance itself. Mm -hmm. You know, just being able to do the dance is already the, the grand prize. Yeah that takes yeah. time to really figure out and you got to go through uh, a bit of experience to to really get it i think yeah of like being disappointed by it you know either yeah. whatever not making it for however x many of years into the top eight or winning all these things and mm -hmm. realizing like okay i won it and that's a great achievement but the thing that stays is like my ability to do this and to create yeah. and that's the thing that is the most fun yeah the joy yeah. the joy of just like yes yeah, so it's like intrinsic <laughs> yeah. rewards rather than extrinsic like out internal versus outside rewards right right yeah. right right yeah it's a really big thing that i've realized over the last few years yeah definitely i think again it's like experience and and maybe age yeah you know too but i know we're still young you know early yeah. 20s right so yeah we're still we're still learning stuff but it's the kind of thing like you can tell people that and say you know these winning these things is, is great and whatever and mm -hmm. you know doing this stuff is good but at the end of the day like this is the thing that's important is like just actually doing it and creating and stuff like that and you can tell people that but they won't it's hard to really get it until you personally go through it whatever experience that'll make it click in your head definitely like yeah yeah like or like in all yeah. of these messages <laughs> that people have said over the years learn your foundation and do this and do that yeah like, i think that goes for like everything like life yeah. you know yeah like you can you can like tell someone like the same thing like you can give them the same advice like mm -hmm. over a period of like if you were to tell them like at zero years five years ten years the same exact thing mm -hmm. like what they understand from what you said is like 
totally different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think that's that's where a good like a good teacher, but not just like a one off teacher, like yeah. someone who's there regularly like a a mentor, basically. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I guess a regular teacher. But I think mentor is a a little different because like in my mind that's someone who goes a little bit deeper than just like i'm teaching you stuff yeah um and that kind of that's my little segue into the next thing that i wanted to talk to you about is uh yeah kind of transitioning or i don't know going from the groovy gentleman to the groovy g dance club yeah and kind of starting a a school or at least some space mm-hmm. for people to go and learn this this dance yeah um, like how did that start and how how is it going and um, yeah man like first I miss I miss the Groovy G Dance Club like uh, Groovy G Dance Club how that started was actually like figuring out since the beginning like again we wanted to find more people to uh, dance with and mm-hmm. to do that we needed to like lure people into like popping and not only that like we were successful with that but the part that we can never figure out was how do we get them to stay yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. so like over the years it's like you know how many people just in Vancouver you know like how many people did we teach you know or like you know did we interact with and it must be in the thousands but you know when i can count like in my hand like how many students i have you know that are still doing it right now Mm. you know what i mean yeah and you know shout out to people like angel you know sean tim uh jesse jesse kim like you know they're still here and mm-hmm. those are some of our first like people that we taught like back at UBC like the UBC rec was it yeah I think so were they Washington all students Square. there yeah Sean Sean Chang Angel Angel Cow like they all came to uh, UBC uh, really I rec. remember Sean yeah. from back then but yeah so he looks the same I saw a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty funny yeah, what's up, Sean? And uh, Tim, Tim Tsai is, uh, when I started teaching at Robson Square, I taught like five people. And I don't know, now I, I want to ask him, how did he hear about it? I think he just heard the music hmm. and he came downstairs and, you know, he's still around. Like yeah. dancing, right? Yeah. Milk, David oh, Chen. Yeah. yeah. Like he was with us since like, we've been dancing since like, 2003 2004 like at collingwood practice you know so anyways um i can count on my hand like how many of those people there are like now yeah and so we're always trying to figure out how do we get people to how can we teach people or show people and get them to stick around and it always came back to like my motto is like or not my motto, but, you know, the motto for me is like, you know, one person at a time. Like, that's how we built our crew. It's mm. not like we tried to, like, mass market popping to, like, Canada. Mm. 
you know, and like droves and droves of people came into my yeah. garage. It was always like one person at a time, like months and months of like not just teaching or practicing together. It was like hanging out, like eating together, like driving off somewhere, you know, to like a rave or something, you know, like those kinds of things. Like, you know, so um, I think in 2013, 14, um, I started Guruji Dance Club and that was kind of my answer to this like lifelong like not lifelong but you know like lifelong dilemma we've been having like how do we get people to stay mm -hmm. and it was like okay I'm gonna run a program or training club where mm -hmm. we just focus on basically we're doing everything that we did in my garage right when we started you know is that what the g stands for like groovy garage dance club no <laughs> <laughs> but actually that's another story but g g was originally uh it was gentlemen mm -hmm. but we shortened it to g uh and my thinking was it was open to everyone so it could mean gentlemen it can mean girl it can mean gay it can mean like every every person right. can like be part of it it just right. so happened that we were all dudes <laughs> who right. joined so it just gentlemen stuck yeah. but originally we wanted more like everyone to come learn right so anyways uh Groovy G dance club and uh we just focused on one style you know mm -hmm. and i think that was important because uh dance companies um in my mind they're like focused on the goal is to land a gig mm -hmm. you know uh in la or you know somewhere in the industry in the industry right it was all industry street dance companies but industry driven yeah you know and uh, that's not where like i come from so it's like okay i'm gonna run a street dance company that is focused on the street <laughs> you know like makes sense right to me yeah so one style and we train only that style and you know my goal was to like train the way we did in the garage which included like hanging out you know mm -hmm. practicing and just kind of like in a way like that was like mentoring mm -hmm. like students because they need to know like our lifestyle mm -hmm. you know not just like coming coming to learn like for one hour or two hours like movement and approach and stuff but then after that like it's just like off to the side mm -hmm. like i wanted to build something where my students would be like thinking about this like 24 7 you know yeah. like like we we do yeah so well, i think that's a that's a big key yeah. to getting like you said getting people to stick around because right that's like instilling in them that it's not just it's not something that i do for work necessarily mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's something that's just in me to do at that point if you if you've succeeded at whatever you're doing like right it's just uh like yeah they just they it becomes part of their life and then no matter what whatever they were doing they're not going to stop doing it because it stops bringing them money or whatever because they right. can't get work they just they're gonna do it because they just like doing it 
And right. Yeah, I think that's like that's a good way to approach things, and like I think that's a really big. That's the hardest thing to teach people is to mm-hmm. show them that love and to separate it from like the industry in some ways or whatever. Like, there's nothing wrong yeah. with the industry and that kind of thing, but to separate to to get people to remember that like hey dance is just something that's fun to do and it's something that's like kind of a really human thing to do and, yeah uh, yeah like the way that you had your 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 school set up is you know you're just teaching them like how to dance and then right i remember there was one there was one you did like a you had like a guest um was Aki from Japan mm-hmm. and you had him and his wife come in and you see he did some workshops and then after the workshops well was it right after yeah right after yeah there we was just a party, like, okay, like a yeah, little party have, like a little party and it was like yeah you can dance if you want you can just chill and hang out and do whatever and like that's part of it too like don't forget that that's, exactly that's an element and I think I really think that's one reason why um, you know, people have the the mentality that they do with towards dance these days. It's because like mm-hmm. there's that there's they lost that connection between mm. like just dance being something fun that people just do for fun. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's all like, well, if you're a dancer, you got to be this. You're an athlete, or you're a competitor, or you're a you're uh, mm-hmm. you know working in the industry or whatever and like yeah i'm not a dancer but you know if you start, i can smoke you yeah i can yeah. smoke you though <laughs> no. yeah but like you know i i learned this a lot from classes that you've taught or mm-hmm. you know like soldiers back in the day wow uh, shoulders. shoulders 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 for people who don't know, soldiers. soldiers was like a training company, but it had its industry-focused stuff too. But yeah. a lot of those people have been, at least from like the generation that I knew, they're, if there's ever a jam, like they're the kind of party starters. They make events into parties. And I think that generation, and the, of course the people that throw the events, they've built this sort of atmosphere in Vancouver. I don't know how it is yeah. now in the last couple of years, few years. Yeah, but, we both yeah. we're both not there. <laughs> yeah. Well actually I went back last year and the oh, right. dance festival is still like, hey, you know, dance is fun and everyone come and learn some yeah. stuff, learn some simple things. Man, VSTF is like amazing. Yeah. It's like yeah. a perfect example of or it blends the two really well of there's this competition side and it's fun, but then there's also just like um, yeah dance and enjoy and have fun and like just listen to music and move yeah 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 man yeah. shout out to the team that throws that yeah bsdf like man thank you for the hard work like yeah. that's not easy i gotta i maybe get on have some of them who were instrumental in that uh that event get them on and some of the trials and tribulations of throwing that event oh man yeah, you should talk to um, Milk. You should talk to David. Yeah, about it. Yeah, Milk or Arthur or yeah, Boris. Yeah, well, Boris isn't doing it anymore. 
but yeah yeah oh, man you should PD. you should interview him anyways yeah exactly um i don't know how are we doing on time do you uh, i'm good i'm still good. good yeah yeah um okay so i yeah the last sort of the last thing that i wanted to get into maybe mm. this will be perfect timing is uh yeah. and i asked you for your your, your q a thing right um, and maybe this can this can be your your dry run <laughs> okay oh, but no, yeah like don't mess I'm, it up yeah i'm just very curious on your your perspective on like what what makes a good teacher or like the skills that are necessary to be a good teacher because it's t it's separate from being a good dancer in a lot of ways right 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 so what do you what do you think is like makes an effective teacher or makes an effective class or that kind of thing mm. man i think there's so many like different factors yeah um but i think man whichever one comes to your head first we know yeah there's tons of stuff but get the ball rolling <laughs> yeah get the ball rolling say something <laughs> say something James. uh uh mba, mba. yeah <laughs> I think a good teacher is someone who is whose teaching style is uh, how do you say malleable, flexible mm -hmm. to the student that they're teaching, mm -hmm. um, and they have to be someone who understands who is also a student like who understands not just understands but they are a student too mm -hmm. so they understand like the student perspective right. and how how hard it is you know to to actually learn this like how how fragile it is you know because you know we can again we can teach all the steps and the moves but and you know they might get it but are they going to stick around right you know so there's that element well, like w one of the things that i i think was in your class or yeah. maybe when trevor was teaching because i used to go when you guys were doing soldiers and stuff sometimes i'd come early because i was teaching after you guys or i was teaching before mm. you or whatever and i would stick around or come a bit early and check out the classes yeah i always like to see like how do people teach and how do people right right do it and like i think it was in your guys class like if you would show someone something or or maybe someone else has has done this in class yeah. that you've been in but like if you know especially in a large group there's maybe people at different different um skill levels yeah and i think like good yeah there's like good teachers can really like you said they know the the levels of their students mm -hmm. and so they're able to give like okay here's a basic thing that's what yeah if you're just super like when you're teaching a twisto flex like mm -hmm. okay if you don't get it like just work on i don't know what's the most important like just work on that hand and the turn don't worry about the yeah, feet right. or something like that but yeah. if you want to level it up okay here's what you can do with your feet and if you're like if that's too easy and you give them options yeah and stuff, right 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 yeah and so like yeah. with your yeah. with your 
what's it called? Uh, Flip the Foundation series that you do. Yeah. That's like a perfect example. It's like, okay, here's the basics. Here's the basic thing. And then that's like, all right, if you want to take it that step further, but it's not like you're not jumping into this random thing. It's like there's this easy thing that everyone should know. So get that down. And then here's like more ways that you can, you can like add to it. it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, flip it. Or like, or like, you know, progress it into something that maybe it'll turn into something else. Yeah. But, you know, it's like these step by step incremental improvements Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I I think that, okay, that like sparks my mind because it's like a good teacher for me is someone who who is teaching from foundation. Mm -hmm. Like they can always relate it back to Mm -hmm. the foundation and um, they understand like the roots of the dance. And when I say understand, it's not like they have to know everything, but they have to be on that journey of like finding the root. Right. You know, and the root being like when I mean like, okay, like twistoflex, like we all learned the twistoflex, okay, but where did the twistoflex come from? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. Okay, they look it up. Okay, twistoflex Don. There's a guy named twistoflex Don. Like, oh, where'd he? Okay, so I know him now. Where did he get that from? Right, right. It's like, oh, there's a watch called a twistoflex. You know, and the, the is that band, actually like, where it came from? That's where the name comes from. Where it was like a watch band, like it looked fancy, like a, a Rolex. But the band actually like it's like a kid's one where you can like bend it <laughs> and twist it and you just like put it on like a bracelet. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's like, oh, okay. So like, you know, where, you know, and you just kind of keep going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, and I think that's super important. Not just, uh, you know, it's important because students need to understand uh, where these ideas and like mentality comes from. Because then when they have the root, they can start to find like their creative, where does their creative like things, like where do they start to come in? You know, like, oh, if he got it from this watch. Right. You know, I got this cool like toy right here. Like I'm always interested in it. Like, you know, you start playing with it. You know, why can't I come up with an idea here? You know, like, like, people will find start students will start finding their own inspiration mm-hmm. that goes beyond just doing like step yeah, one yeah, step yeah. two of a twisto flex yeah mm. so one of the things i was thinking back to like uh you know again when you when you brought wiggles to to teach a class and i've i've been to a couple of his workshops even though i don't really pop but like yeah i just wanted to learn learn a bit and then also just see how he teaches and stuff yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. uh he's like really good at keeping people engaged and right. like and even engaged in different ways and then maybe a lot of people do this but he's just one example that i experienced personally is like yeah you know you can teach people uh let's say again would you let's whatever it's like a twist of flex or what's another move like a glide or something like that right so you teach them a basic glide and then you teach the whole class together. Okay, here's this glide and it's the really simple version. Okay, maybe I'll show you some like little variations to give you ideas to play with or or whatever. And then there's always like, yeah, some kind of like progression 
Yeah. Where yeah, it'll yeah. be like, okay, this is she'll show the class, and then it would be like, all right, now you've you've gotten used to it a bit, and you have some ideas and examples. So now break off into like pairs or groups, <clears throat> and now you're trying it in like a different environment. So it's getting closer to that sort of like real cipher or just like, like a raw. Yeah, raw. like more like what the real environment is, where you're in a circle or you're on stage or whatever it is, and yeah. you're everyone's eyes are on you. But it's not mm -hmm. like okay, now we're gonna do it where. All right, one person and everyone watch them. It's like in these smaller groups, and so you're stepping people up into yeah. being able to get used to like these giant crowds or just yeah. like a circle, a real circle, which is yeah. super intimidating your first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, and then okay, here's like a concept. Play with the concept, and so you mm -hmm. feel less pressure to do something impressive because there's less people watching. So you just like yeah feel a little more free i don't know that's one thing that like different different ways of engaging people and you know still keeping pushing their confidence but keeping it at the same time like that yeah. delicate balance right. of yes 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 yeah. i guess it's, that's what i'm getting at it's that carrot on the stick it's not too yeah. far that they're like disinterested and it's not too close it's too easy it's in that like yeah goldilocks zone, right yeah like, that that which is really hard uh, yeah it's and it's like easier sometime like you know some situations it's like oh i can and make i can do it but then some days just like oh that yeah. was too far <laughs> yeah yeah and you, you know but like you won't i put know that way too far until you try it right yeah, yeah. that's cool because that that wiggles like wiggles i would say wiggles how he teaches his class Sugar Pop, uh, Pete, uh, Aki, and Tetsuji, like those are the guys that, you know, I love watching classes too to see how people teach. And, mm -hmm. you know, but I would say those five people like are like the foundation of my teaching. Yeah. You know, so yeah. when you say like, you know, break off people into like pairs or threes and just like yeah. play with the idea at the same time, like that also sounded so amazing to me because I'm also intimidated by like going up to the front and just doing it by yourself you yeah, know yeah and so i was like oh because i can relate to it mm -hmm. you know right and it's like yeah. okay i want to do that too like because yeah. a lot of i know a lot of my students are are shy yeah. but they need to also break out of it and that it's like you said knowing knowing your understanding your student's perspective and being yeah. a student yourself yeah yeah and you know one thing that um i do i try to do is we go to jams together and with my students and mm -hmm. we go you know we start our own ciphers and we just get down and it's exactly like in class right you know it's no different but this is just the rawest form of it right now well it's and like in a way stepping them you you do the thing and it's in this environment that you used to okay let's do that same thing in this new environment yeah and so it's like they're used to it but it's a little bit different because maybe some stranger is going to join in or something like that or whatever yeah but yeah it's like and 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 i think that gets them thinking like man like 
this is so cool or yeah yeah i'm here or i'm, I'm doing it you know yeah. i can do it yeah and yeah so yeah. i think that's a really good thing that if you're a teacher i see it a lot more these days it's like teachers encouraging their students to get out of the studio or like you know a lot of classes are in studio so it's like get out of that environment like go and see what the real dance is like and how it actually is when people yeah. really do it not in a studio like, not in the safe environment where yeah you know like st studio is like the it's the it's just like part it's just half the step there you know yeah, like you have like to the, take the full step to like why you're in the studio yeah practicing or learning and yeah. it's to be out at the jam or at the event or the party or wherever mm -hmm. you know it's the classroom people. yeah this is you know the real world <laughs> yes 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 yeah. yes 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 so yeah mm. that's really? like that's the final part like i break up um how to practice to my students uh in three parts and uh the first one is to drill drill and think about what you're doing <laughs> you know what i mean don't just like mindlessly do it and not mm -hmm. know understand why you're actually putting this into your muscle memory number two is to it's kind of like halfway where it's like you're still drilling but you're you're figuring out you know how to move around with it mm. or like create variations of it you know like you're still thinking um and then the third one is to just dance right you yeah know? And it's like structured it, to less and less and less structured yes and just seeing like in the end like how much of what you practice is in your chest when you don't think like how much of it is there and if it's and if it's not there you know you go back and you you mix it up and for those three things to take place it can't happen at the studio you know it has to get the fullest like thing out of like just dancing you need to go to a place where you just dance <laughs> you know like a club or some event you know yeah, yeah that i think that's one thing that i always took from like whenever i would see you guys at events or i would go to some of your events and stuff that yeah. was like a big difference between the breaking scene or at least like how i perceived breaking and when i would mm. see you guys like ciphering or whatever you want to call it like just yeah. dancing getting down getting down like it always looked more like you guys were just doing it because you guys just liked it you guys just wanted to dance yeah and maybe this was my own personal mentality but like whenever mm -hmm. i was at a breaking event and i was like throwing down i always felt like i had to impress someone that i wasn't doing it because i wanted to do it but because i had mm -hmm. to show and prove to people like hey i'm i'm skilled and i have i'm good at this dance and look at me kind of thing right 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 and it took me so long to get past that and now it's like i i kind of get what that mentality is of like just just have fun and like who really cares like doesn't matter. right 
Yeah, yeah. I guess breaking, you know, already has like a very rich history of the struggle yeah. and you know yeah. what you know what to share and what not to share and you know there is a thing where it's like when you throw down from what I hear is like when you throw down it's like you're not sharing like you're well, you're it, like it can it just depends like but it has yeah it doesn't have that history of yeah yeah not yeah you don't want you're not sharing and you're trying to be the best and you're trying to smoke these other people you're trying to show people trying to smoke yeah that's the easiest way to say you're trying to to smoke someone that's pretty much someone steps to you then yeah then you're trying to smoke them but you're just trying to prove people like you're the you're the king or the queen of the party or the event or the whatever right and i like i like that yeah yeah, i like that too because that that brings out the best in people sometimes right for sure for sure i think i think it's evolved you know these these years like everything is kind of like a mix because i guess before before internet and before like you know recordings and stuff like you know you didn't see someone so Mm -hmm. easily you couldn't catch what they were doing so easily right yeah so yeah what makes a good teacher well i think I think you you had a really good point as someone who who is a student themselves and can understand their their mm. perspective. And I think yeah, just like a good communicator. Yeah. I you know, and one thing like in in particular to like street dance, like you know, if you're a teacher in street dance, I think it's important to tie it back to to freestyle, to getting mm. down, like whatever yeah. you're teaching like you have to be able to relate it back to why are you learning this and Mm -hmm. it's for us it's to get down so you know i know a lot of i know a lot of teaching just by default is through choreography learning routines and choreography but we need to take the extra step in whatever method we teach like even choreography like okay how can you tie that back to how are you going to freestyle be able to freestyle better yeah with with this mm-hmm. yeah yeah well in recent years too like i've come to understand the the benefits of choreography and like oh es- definitely especially man. for beginners like yeah it you can show them a bunch of things and then okay we'll put this all together and then you can do it all together and you feel like you're actually dancing yeah you know but i think that's like for real beginners then Mm. it's the most beneficial but like the more and more you learn like if you're intermediate that can be useful but like you gotta as a teacher i think if they're at that intermediate level like you gotta start doing like like you said like contextualizing it that okay Mm -hmm. we're gonna do this choreography but remember that these are all separate moves and you don't have to do them in the sequence you don't have to do them this way the point is just like yeah. okay we'll do this so that you remember them or whatever but yeah the point is that the goal for you as intermediate dancers developing dancers is to like grow out of that zone of like having to memorize stuff and just to mm-hmm. let go learn to let go yeah 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 it and i'm not trying to say like choreography is not good it's it's just yeah. it's more like a tool like it's one yeah, way to yeah, teach yeah dance and actually like uh pete popping pete like 
he never talk he doesn't really talk he just he makes a routine now mind you like his routine he makes it on the spot he makes right. it on the spot uh you can see him creating it mm-hmm. which i think was a huge 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 factor in like my learning was how he getting being able to be right there and see him with the music like make his next that's part of the routine that's the original live stream right <laughs> exactly yeah and see then his thought process he'll try something yes and, oh that doesn't exactly. work okay now this one's better or i like yeah. that idea okay well let's go further yeah and then i've seen that with other i think it was in right. rapping class too and like after that is seeing him take what you you know that raw form and seeing how he simplified it into steps into the routine it's like okay i saw just like your version like for you like how you would do it but now i with without words or anything i saw him how he tried to make it accessible mm. for the students in the class because if right. he just did what he did in the routine like we couldn't do it yeah like it was like one e and a two e and that kind of like <laughs> you know that the, the rhythm was like not it was like a natural rhythm it wasn't yeah. counted or anything yeah, yeah, yeah so being able to see that i think uh was huge and also saying like you know pete taught in choreography like all these years and Mm -hmm. i think it was beneficial Mm -hmm. to me but still he changed the music like he let the music run Mm -hmm. so if uh the next track played we did the same steps but he would change it like rhythmically or like You know the movement would change like kind of feeling wise but he would never really explain it you know but we'd complain about it like oh uh excuse me uh mr p like you last time last run like you did it this way but your hand was this but now it's like this yeah, like yeah. which is right <laughs> it's like yeah, they're both right yeah that's kind of the point, right like, exactly no but yeah necessarily right or wrong just, and that was a general shape or whatever yeah and that's a huge like you know um looking back you know how we learned with that kind of choreography <clears throat> oh hang on something happened i oh. couldn't hear, hear that last bit can you say that one more time yeah uh where, oh man um yeah being able to see pete like change the routine on the fly and see how you know he changed his movement it was still like correct like you know it was what he taught us but it was live to the music yeah you know the music changed he changed yeah and as a beginner you know i would look at that i could look at that as like oh that's wrong or what a what a bad teacher (laughs) like he's not He's not doing the same thing as what he taught, you know, but looking at it now, it's like, wow, that was like a blessing. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, it's like, cause that's, it's, yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, we were kind of mentioning, or I kind of mentioned it before, but like, um, you know, you would, you guys would ask like, oh, excuse me. Like, how, how did you do that? Your hand was like this, but now it's like this or whatever. And it's yeah. like, 
in in some maybe if he had made it more explicit of like i don't know it might have been easier for you guys to understand this this way of thinking but like it's teaching you in a lot of ways to not necessarily care about how it looks exactly and yeah more about okay can you just do that and connect with the music what's playing the music right now right and can you do it and if you mess right. up like just keep going and keep going through it and move on to the next thing yeah Don't worry about like so maybe if that was more explicit it might be clearer but those are things yeah. that you pick up like on your own exactly if you yeah. have the right mentality towards it i guess right and teach so teaching that mentality mm-hmm. it's not like just me teaching <clears throat> it's like how do you like how do you give that how do you teach that to your students so that they are also able to you know come up with that themselves yeah you know by them when they're by themselves not when you're there to point it out or like break it down for them like yeah, yeah, yeah. to give them that ability that's um, that's a hard part is teaching people to be like self-sufficient in a lot of ways yeah and i think that's that's the biggest uh the biggest like plus point of a great teacher mm-hmm. is someone who can how do you pronounce i don't think i've ever said this word bestow <laughs> bestow 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 yeah. yeah i think i've always i've only read that in like rpgs <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. i bestow you this power yeah, yeah, yeah oh what games teach us but um yeah yeah, yeah to be able to give that because again that's about like you're giving students like longevity mm-hmm. to be able to go off on their own mm-hmm. and do that without you yeah you know and that's really hard to do yeah it's really tough and why i yeah i have a newfound respect for teachers especially after teaching english in japan here oh yeah and just like now i understand even just from a dance perspective like how difficult it is to just communicate stuff and get people to learn things or to teach show them like why you love it so much and why you're so passionate and to like pass on that passion to the others to the students right keep them engaged but without boring them to death with all these details but those details are important yeah what they how need you, to know actually. you know it's like how do you how do you engage people it's, it's the hardest thing yeah yeah um are you okay with time it's 140 uh yeah i guess i got maybe like five minutes yeah or we can go we can wrap it up now okay it'll probably yeah, take I five think, minutes yeah yeah <laughs> um but like that's that's uh, a lot of the main things that i want to talk to you about mm. and um you know you're one of you're one of my old buddies so it's always easy to the conversation flows really easy so yeah if we can we'll try and do it again sometime and just get into some other things that are that are interesting and whatnot so mm. thanks a lot for um taking the time any day to do this your busy day oh yeah man I'm, yeah. I'm so excited with like what you're doing with your patreon and what you're just putting out there like i'm like super excited like i wanted to be part of this for a long well, time it's your you're you're a part of it too because the stuff that you do and you're you're always inspiring me and your patreon was one of the things that was like oh yeah like hey he can do it he's got something going and like why why shouldn't i yeah. start something so it's like yeah we always talk about it we inspire each right. other and 
push each right. other to do better stuff. So, right. Um, I'm really happy that you you came on and took the time to to do this. Um, anytime, man. Anytime. If people are interested, are there any like what are the places that they can find you or find out more about like say your uh, mm. your Patreon or whatever? Yeah. Well, right now I'm doing something called Flip the Foundation, which is like a weekly uh, short video where I just show a basic move or whatever I'm working on, basically. And I, you know, you can watch it and like get inspiration from it. Um, you can find that at groovygdanceclub.com. And my Patreon is patreon.com slash popping. And that's more like a, the online version of my club Groovy G Dance Club. So I have more like in-depth tutorials. Uh, I have a Discord channel where we can chat and like share music and kind of hang out, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> online. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm in Tokyo. So if you want to find me literally, I'm here. <laughs> and are there any like social media things that people can follow you at? Oh, right. Um, yeah can find me on instagram i don't even know my, my <laughs> i think it's jameson d gentleman jameson, maybe maybe dean right. yeah maybe dean can um uh, yeah I'll, I'll put or something there, or if, if people are just listening because at some point this is going to go on just podcasts and just audio but uh if right just, yeah if people are just listening um you can probably just search up your name which is jameson J J A M I E S O N. Yes. D D gentleman. Gentleman. Yes. That's probably or you know it'll probably show up somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah. Something close. Um. Yeah. So cool. Thanks a lot for for doing this again and good luck. Yeah. With, always a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Good luck man. with your your Patreon and everything that you're doing and all that stuff. And we'll. Uh, Hopefully have you back soon. Yes. Thank you, my man. Peace. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2R-A-Z-Z-Y-F2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening and look forward to the next one. Peace.